You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rain Roberts. This is the final chapter of Castle Ever After, which is a sequel set three years after Castle Charming, which is either a novel or a collection of stories and novellas, depending on which way you look at it. You can download a free copy of Castle Ever After, this novella, from Book Funnel, which includes several bonus scenes requested by readers. So next week, uh, I'm going to do a mini episode where I'm going to read one of the uh, bonus scenes from the from the ebook, and then the following week I'm going to start a brand new serial uh, set in the Dragon Circus. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might remember Death at the Dragon Circus, which was actually one of the early serials that I did. It's a few years ago now. You might have to scroll back very far to find it. Uh, the novella uh, Death at the Dragon Circus is about assassins on the run looking for a new retirement plan. And yes, it does involve both circus and dragons. It is what it says on the tin. Uh, you, If you want to read it uh, with your eyeballs, it was previously published in the anthology And Then, uh, Volume 1 from clandestine press but actually i am creating a uh, exclusive ebook of just that story as a patreon giveaway next month for all my subscribers so if you want to read it uh, on the page that's probably the most immediately convenient form to get hold of it uh there's still to catch up and as i said you can listen go back find it on the podcast listen to it for free you shouldn't necessarily have to listen to the first story to listen to the next one, which is called Echo and Narcissus, but it does follow on directly from that, uh, same characters and everything. The best reading experience is to do it in order, I say, massive hypocrite that I am. Uh, and that first story, Death of the Dragon Circus, is actually one of the stories I'm most proud of. I really love it. I'm very attached, so I would be delighted if you chose to read or listen to it in preparation for the brand new serial I've been working on. Okay, so now, Castle Ever After, Chapter 6, All's Charming That Ends Charming. Since she first arrived at Castle Charming, Zee had been fighting fairy tales. Part of her felt it was a curse she had to bear because of what she did when she first arrived, manipulating the local stories to hunt a prince. She was pretty good at it now. She was kingdom champion, after all. God or no god, this was her mess to fix. Magical snow queens were one thing, but a dragon was a dragon. Zee had grown up reading stories about dragons. Good dragons, wicked dragons, seductive dragons, cruel dragons. She felt on steady ground now. You knew where you were, with a dragon. The throne room of the snow castle was in absolute chaos. And the royals were all somewhere in the middle of it. Chase had dragged Cyrus away, and Zeelin went after them. Camilla was way too close to the dragon. Kai was on the back of the bloody dragon. Zee didn't make her move until Dennis did. He ran for Kai, and when the dragon turned to him with ice breath 
and clouds of icing sugar pouring from her mouth, he punched her in the side of the face. Well then, game on. Camilla threw magic at the dragon's face, a net of black threads that distracted the beast, made it shake and twitch, trying to claw the thing off. Dennis leapt up onto the dragon's back and tackled Kai off it, rolling to protect him as they fell. Then he started kissing him and didn't stop. There is a time and a place, Zee howled at them both as she leapt into the fight with Camilla. Her sword, not only ceremonial, thanks to Queen Ella's royal aesthetic being an equal balance of substance and style, her sword sliced into the softest part of the dragon's throat. Licorice all sorts fell out of the gaping hole onto the icy floor. Gross, said Princess Camilla. Licorice. Zee tried a stabbing thrust into the broken part of the dragon's throat and succeeded in making the beast scream. It transformed then back into the Snow Queen in her glittery pink frock, which was torn, Zee noted. You will not stop me, the Snow Queen howled at her. Something oozed out of the tear in her gown. It looked like soft caramel. We probably will, Zee panted. We're good at this. Why did you take them all? Camilla demanded. All these soldiers, our people, my brother. What makes you think it's acceptable to steal their hearts and minds? Survival, said the Snow Queen, and oh, one of them must have damaged her. She was bleeding from the mouth and wiped it away with her pale hand. The smear looked dark and dramatic, surrounded by so much pink glitter. Actual blood, not sugar sprinkles or raspberry drops. I only exist as long as they love me, as long as they serve me. Camilla sneered. And you didn't think to give them a choice? Tell me, princess growled the Snow Queen. How much choice do your people have? You live in the big castle. They live in hovels. Did they choose that? No one in Charming lives in a hovel, said Camilla, furious. Don't let her get to you, said Zee. She's trying to claw back the moral high ground. <laughs> Good luck with that, said Camilla. You stole Cyrus. Made him think he wanted to marry you. That's not from the usual stories they tell about you. Did you really think you could be Queen of Charming? The Snow Queen laughed. I hear you already have a heartless monster on the throne. How could I be worse? Camilla's eyes flashed. Don't you talk that way about my mother. Protecting the Charming Royals often meant protecting them from themselves as much as the people trying to kill them. That was the first lesson Jack had taught Zee. She wished Jack were here. Zee moved in now and placed the edge of her sword delicately against the Snow Queen's collarbone. They say that when you take these servants of yours, these boys, it requires their death to melt the castle. But that can't be true because the stories about you are mostly about the girls who rescue those boys. The Snow Queen looked bored. Kissing and such, 
she sighed. Why do you think I took so many this time? What I'm wondering, Zee continued, is what happens to the castle if I kill you? I'm a god, said the Snow Queen. I am immortal. I read about you in a book, Zee said. That's a kind of immortality, but that makes you a fairy tale, not a god. And wrecking fairy tales is what we do best around here. The Snow Queen opened her mouth to say something else, but Zee swung her sword before the words came out. She beheaded the Snow Queen in one smooth slice. It was much easier than cutting into the dragon. No blood, though, this time around. Just the soft tinkle of smashed sugar. Raspberry drops all the way. The, the toy soldiers, freed from the Snow Queen's spell, began to look around and ask awkward questions. The castle around them shook wildly. Princess Camilla took control. Everyone out, come on, castle's coming down. Dennis, stop snogging my brother. We get it, you're in love. Get on your feet. Escape plan, run away quickly. Amazingly, they all got out alive. The castle let them go. When it was over and the Snow Queen's castle had melted its last cloud of shattered sugar candy away into the summer air, they were all left standing on the green stone circle up past the dwarven peaks. The sun was setting. It was going to be a long walk home. It wouldn't be quite as long for Dennis's brothers and sisters, most of whom were fussing around Will the blacksmith's son, no longer a hypnotised toy soldier. Janet came over first and gave Dennis a hug, which he allowed despite the cat clinging to her shoulders. Never trust a talking cat. A prince charming, eh? she said with a little smile. Didn't tell us that in your letters. I was working up to it, said Dennis. Should have led with it. Ma'am is more likely to come around if she thinks there's a chance of buying a hat for a royal wedding someday. Dennis sighed. Yeah, would be nice if she was happy for me no matter what. Janet looked a tiny bit heartbroken. Give them time, she whispered. Martin came over not long after that, looking awkward. Barnaby, given a mighty shove and a quiet talking to from Rada, loped along behind him. Ebb stayed back with Will, his face flat and unfriendly. You should come home, Martin said, if not now, soon. Bring uh, that prince of yours. I'm not sure that's a good idea, said Dennis. Your family, said Martin, looking stricken. Yet didn't feel that way when I was shoved out the door. Or when I told them I had a boyfriend and they stopped answering my letters. I didn't know about that part, said Martin, looking embarrassed. You should still come home, blurted out Barnaby. They didn't like Rada at first either, because she's not from the mountains. They got used to her. They were trying so hard, Dennis could see it. They didn't quite get it, but they were trying. Better than nothing. I tell you what, he said gently. You lot let me know when everyone's used to the idea of me and Kai. 
and then I'll bring him round for a visit. But in the meantime, answer my bloody letters, yeah? His brothers nodded. Martin gave him a giant hug to send him on his way. Barnaby gave him a half-hearted punch to the arm. Rada blew him a kiss. Ebb avoided his eyes. And then they all headed back to the village where he'd grown up, while Dennis himself headed home to Castle Charming. Chase and Cyrus walked back to the castle together. Chase wasn't going to take his eye off his brother for a moment. He did, however, dart the occasional look over at Zed, who was concentrating all his attention on teasing Z about her sword-swinging skills. Whenever Zed caught him looking, he winked or blew him a kiss. Chase had no idea what that meant. It was nearly morning by the time they got close to Castle Charming. Chase was terrified by what they might find there. The Snow Queen's magic had oozed into every corner of his home, corrupted it, frozen it. He'd never been so happy to see anyone as he was to see Jack, fully clothed and furious, striding down the front steps of the castle as they approached in the dawn light. You dickhead, she said directly to Chase. After you promised to stay behind and let the rescue party do their job, you still somehow managed to run off and play at being hero while the ballroom is still a complete disgrace. Oof! Chase hugged her with all of his strength. You're a jerk face, Jack told him calmly and patted his back. You are frozen, if you say so. Jack stroked his hair soothingly as he continued to cling to her. Your mother is so mad at you, she added. Seems fair, he muttered into her chest. Okay, said Z, behind Chase. You can have her for one more minute, and then I get to kiss my girlfriend and tell her how I killed a freaking dragon. Ooh, said Jack, a dragon. I know, right? She was shaped like a person at the time. Oh, that's less cool. Shh, dragon! Queen Ella glowered at them all as they reported the happenings on the mountain, including Chase and Zed's completely unplanned crashing of the rescue party. She and the others who had been frozen in Castle Charming remembered none of it, though thankfully Amira was there to back up Chase and Zed's versions of events. Despite the successful rescue, Queen Ella simmered with a deep disapproval which finally spilled out when she turned to Chase and Zed and demanded, Are you still getting married this week? Chase stared at her. He hadn't even thought that was a question, but now that she asked it... Zed, always showing more confidence around Queen Ella than her sons could ever muster, took Chase's hand. We'll get back to you. There was no royal wedding. At one point, Chase and Zed asked Kai if he and Dennis wanted to step in and take the wedding for themselves. Kai was almost tempted. Get it sorted now, without all the fuss of expectations and preparations. But when he looked over to see what Dennis thought about it, Dennis did not hesitate. He mouthed the word elope and grinned with all the warmth of a summer's day.
So, there was no royal wedding. Zed and Chase were as close as ever. Closer, perhaps, now they'd unburdened themselves of being the public face of happily ever after at Castle Charming. At least four times this week, Kai walked into a room to find them snogging, or gazing stupidly into each other's eyes without actually being aware they had an audience, so they were probably fine. Queen Ella coped valiantly with the massive publicity fail that came from cancelling a royal wedding at the last minute. It didn't hurt that Camilla stepped in and helped out with the announcements and dealing with the press, working closely with Amira to take as much of the stress off the Queen's shoulders as possible. Kai had a feeling that Camilla was playing the long game, working to convince their mother that one didn't need a spouse or any plans to get married ever to be a good heir to the throne. Or perhaps she was doing what the siblings of Castle Charming always did, taking turns at sacrificing themselves to take the pressure off the others. Kai still dreamed of dragons and ice and boiled sugar. He'd only been under the Snow Queen's thrall for a short time before Dennis's warm kiss brought him back to reality, but he did not feel entirely free of it. Even knowing that Z had beheaded the Queen did not make him feel entirely safe. She was a god, after all. She'd be back, eventually. He thought Cyrus felt it too. Kai sometimes saw a glassy, faraway sheen in his elder brother's silver eyes. Sometimes Cyrus caught him looking and shrugged in embarrassment. They'd never been close, Kai and Cyrus. He was the sibling Kai knew the least, but they had something in common now, a shared understanding. When Cyrus felt the need to slip away and be quiet away from the rest of them, he didn't seem to mind Kai joining him. The summer solstice came and went, with no royal wedding and no more magical invasions. Chase and Cyrus celebrated their birthday modestly, on the grounds, as Queen Ella put it, that a certain bachelor party was the last party any of them would get for some time. Zed and Zee's mothers enjoyed their visit to the castle without diplomatic incident, despite the lack of wedding, and everyone heaved a sigh of relief when they were gone. Dennis started writing to his family again, and this time his family wrote back. Not his mam and dad, but most of his siblings at least. He wrote separately to Martin and his wife, who lived a few villages over, and made plans to visit them later in the year. Kai planned to go with him, though Dennis had not agreed to that yet. Kai wasn't going to give him a choice when it came to it. They'd shared a very long conversation after the Snow Queen incident about how Dennis had not told Kai how much his family disapproved of him being with another man. I wanted to protect you, Dennis had admitted. Really, said Kai, after... All the bullshit you put up with from my family on a daily basis. Well, yeah, Dennis said, but I get paid for that. 
You do not get paid to spend your lunch hour sword fighting with my mother to prove some kind of point which honestly everyone forgot about years ago. Oh, Dennis said with a grin. Yeah, that. Fair enough. The summer rolled towards its end. With it came the usual wave of letters from various counties and kingdoms, offering their most eligible daughters to visit Castle Charming for the season. There was, after all, one eligible royal at least still up for grabs. Kai saw Cyrus become miserable and withdrawn as soon as those letters started arriving. He'd never felt so protective in his life. Someone had to do something. Camilla, he thought hopefully in a weak moment, but no. They couldn't rely on Camilla to fight all their battles. Supper that night was for the extended family, Zed and Dennis alongside their boyfriends. Z was included as Zed's sister. Jack got to be her plus one. Even King Yolchus was there, though he rarely ventured out of his rooms or the Rose Garden these days. Now or never, Kai told himself. I have a question about the season, he said aloud. Everyone looked at him except Cyrus, who looked at his plate. Oh yes, something had to be done. Queen Ella glittered at him from across the table. By all means, she said dangerously, ask your question, Prince Camden. Kai, he wanted to correct her, but sometimes you had to pick which hill not to die on. Could we not do it this year? Cyrus's head came up in surprise. Chase hid a snicker. Camilla smiled. I think that's an excellent idea, she said warmly. Apparently this is the year for cancelling things at the last minute, said Queen Ella with a brittle glance at Chase and Zed. She still hadn't forgiven them. Just, said Kai, it feels like something we maybe don't have to do every single year. He stared bravely at his mother. It's not like any of us are desperate to uh, get married right this minute. He had definitely gone down the wrong trail there. Queen Ella's face was starting to darken. I'd like to travel, said Cyrus suddenly. They all looked at him. He so rarely asked anything for himself. Go on, said the Queen, her voice softer than before. Cyrus looked around the table at them all, shoulders back. A tour of the other kingdoms, maybe? Kai's the only one of us who's ever been anywhere. Kai sneaked another look at the Queen. She didn't seem to hate the idea. Interesting. Other kingdoms have magic schools, said Camilla thoughtfully, and libraries and art galleries. And eligible princes, said Chase. Zed elbowed him and he didn't even pretend he wasn't laughing. (laughs) Sounds awesome. I'm in. All of you then, said Queen Ella, looking around the table. Really? We're a good team, said Kai. When we're all together, it's how it should be. We'll look after each other. Yes, she sighed, looking from Cyrus to Chase. I suppose you will. Travel broadens the mind, muttered King Yelchus. 
stirring his soup endlessly with his spoon. I suppose, said Queen Ella. I suppose if I say no, I'll wake up tomorrow to find you've all been kidnapped by fairies and magically swept across the kingdom and a grand tour entirely by accident. Chase pointed a fork at her. You knew what you were getting when you married into a fairy tale kingdom, mother. To everyone's shock, Queen Ella burst into unexpected laughter. Yes, she said eventually, wiping her eyes with a napkin. You can't say I wasn't prepared. Later, when they were in bed together, Dennis said, Only you would find a way to elope and still bring all your siblings along for the ride. Oh, said Kai mildly. Are you coming along? Dennis wrestled him into the mattress. You don't think you're going to other kingdoms without me and the other royal hounds along to protect you? No, said Kai, smiling into the darkness. I don't think that at all. Kai didn't dream of ice and dragons that night. He dreamed of the sturdy yellow stone walls of Castle Charming. Indestructible. Home would be there when they returned, but it wouldn't hurt to have a few more adventures first. The end. Thank you so much for listening to Sheep Might Fly. Uh, I'm going to pop back next week with one of the reader requested bonus scenes you can find in the Castle Ever After ebook. And to read the others, you will have to download it, which luckily you can do for free if you follow the link in the show notes. You can also sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week. Thank you.